Are you tired of putting yourself last? Of taking care of everybody else's needs and powering through to meet the next set of impossible standards? In our fast-paced society, we lose touch with our intrinsic worth, with the ability to value ourselves for who we are right now. Instead of living life exhausted, frustrated, and disconnected from your authentic self, maybe it's time to put yourself back in the life you've worked so hard to create. Join radio host and life choreographer Laura Cheadle and learn how to build your dreams and live your sparkle using the five steps of flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Hello there. Welcome to Flaunt. Build your dreams and live your sparkle. I am not doing a fancy intro on the show today for several reasons. The first reason is because I wanted to talk directly about my intention for this show before we launch into it. And also because today's show is a little bit different. And here is why. I am actually recording this show from my kitchen next to my dog who is getting ready to pass away. And I'm doing it upstairs in the kitchen next to her because I want to be by her because she needs to go in and out and I need to monitor her. And I just wanted to share that with you, not only because if you hear noise, you know it's my dog, but also just to share a piece of my life with you right now. Because I'm human, you're human, we're all human, and we have some kind of weird stuff, you know, that happens in our lives. We have challenging moments, we have amazing moments. But I just kind of wanted to open the show with that little piece of humanity. Also... This little piece of humanity is important because of the topic of today's show. The topic of today's show is how to find joy despite your soul-sucking career, your unhealthy, out-of-shape body, your crappy relationships or your lack of relationships, whatever it is that you feel is holding you back you are still going to be able to find joy. And if you're watching this, like on the video, I've got handouts for you. So if you can see the handouts on the video, great. But if you are doing this on the radio or on a podcast and you want a copy of the audio, um, the handouts, go ahead and jump on my website, www.lauraloracheadle.ca. DLE.com. Not only will you get a free download of my ebook, 15 Ways to Flaunt Today, but I will also send you these handouts. Um, and what's great about these handouts, yes, we're going to walk through this today. Today's going to be a really special show. You're going to have a couple of opportunities to kind of dig deep. But the handouts are things that you can also use on your own time to dig deep. And when you write things down, you activate, you get into the subconscious portion of your mind. So where you're listening to this, I don't know if you're driving, if you're walking, if you're running or whatever, but you're listening to it and that's great. But you're using a lot of the conscious mind to to have this stuff come in. 
when you get the handout and you print it out and you get a pen or a pencil and you start writing, you start activating that subconscious portion of your mind. And that brings your entire mind on board so you will be able to create happiness and satisfaction and joy and fulfillment and all of those wonderful things that we all want in our lives despite what's going on that you feel is holding you back or bringing you down. So there is my intro. Laura Cheadle, L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. Jump online, sign up, you'll get my ebook, and then I will send you um, the handout in my newsletter. So there you have it. Okay, let's start from the broad overview and work our way in. We're human, right? We're all human. What humans need in order to be really satisfied, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all of that stuff are three things, three pillars, three things. We need meaningful work. We need to have meaning in our life. Yes, we can have a job. Our job and our work don't have to be the same thing, but we need meaningful work. Meaningful work can be what I'm doing right now with my dog. I am attending to her needs. I am helping her transition. I am doing meaningful work around that. Am I getting paid to take care of my dog? No. It's brilliant and wonderful and amazing if you get paid for work that you find meaningful. But for most of us, that's not the case and that's okay. It's not even necessarily the gold standard, but that's probably a topic for a whole other show. Anyway, as humans, number one, we need meaningful work. Number two, we need satisfying relationships. Now, when I'm talking about satisfying relationships, it's not like you have to be married or you have to be anything. It's a satisfying relationship. This could be a romantic relationship. It could be a parent-child relationship. It could be a friendship. It could be a relationship around work. Humans need meaningful work, satisfying relationships, and the third thing we need is to feel good in our bodies. Again, just like defining meaningful work, just like defining satisfying relationships, feeling good in our body means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For me, to feel good in my body means I don't want to be extra tired. When I'm tired, I don't feel good in my body and it bothers me. My mind isn't as sharp. I like to have fast thoughts. (laughs) Sometimes people talk about, and again, it's how you want to feel, drinking alcohol or doing any kind of a drug that alters the state of your mind. For me, if I'm in a food coma or get a buzz from alcohol, I don't feel good in my mind. I don't feel good in my body. Some people like that feeling of relaxation. Some people like to eat and then be like, oh, I'm so tired from eating. I don't like that feeling. So you and I might feel good in our bodies in different ways, and that's okay. 
Another way that I like to feel good in my body is I love physical movement. I think all of us innately like physical movement. As kids, we all play, and playing feels good. However, I am a little extreme in my physicality sometimes. I like to work out to the point of being sore. I like to be like, oh, 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 I can't go downstairs, it hurts. That's a little crazy for some people. They don't like that. I like it. Now, I don't like the extreme extreme. I like an adrenaline rush. I like the thrill, but I don't like to skydive. I don't want to go into something that high of an adrenaline rush. So it's all personal preference, but those are the three pillars, meaningful work, satisfying relationships, and feeling good in your body. So you have to know what is meaningful to you, what is satisfying to you, and what feels good in your body. Now, why is this important? Why are we talking about these three things? Well, in order to be happy and joyful and satisfied and fulfilled and all of those things, we need to focus on all three of those things at the same time. So many people focus on one thing at the exclusion of the others. And it's okay to target one area, but I want you to be mindful and aware that you always need all three. You don't, you don't need one. One is not going to do it. You need all three. When our physical health suffers, our mental health suffers. When our mental health suffers, our relationships suffer. When our relationships suffer, our physical health suffers. They're all part and parcel of each other. And if you want to flourish and have joy and satisfaction and peace and all of that stuff, you need to run on all three tracks sort of simultaneously. Okay, first question to ask you. What is holding you back? What is it right now today that is holding you back from being satisfied, joyful, thrilled with your life? Spend a couple of moments thinking about that. What is holding you back and What is your current level of satisfaction at home, at work, and in your body? Now, this is where the worksheets will come in handy, too, because there's a nice little space for you to write down. At work, how satisfied are you? If it's, you know, six or above, that's that's pretty good. If it's six or below, what is holding you back? I have a terrible boss. My commute is awful. I don't like the work. What is holding you back? Then at home. And saying at home, I kind of mean relationship-wise. That is not your meaningful work. This is your relationships. What is holding you back at home? I feel like I'm a roommate, not a partner with my spouse. I never have time to see my friends. Um... My kids and I are estranged, whatever it is. How do you rate your satisfaction level at home with your relationships? And what is it that you perceive is in the way? And then that third question is around your body. How do you feel in your body right now? And what is it that is getting in your way? Okay. 
That is the very first step in finding joy and satisfaction despite anything, is identifying what is that thing? What is that despite? What is it that's getting in the way? Because until we put a little bit of thought and a little bit of effort into that, we just go around with this general sense of dissatisfaction and disillusion that life sucks and I hate work and everybody in my world is ridiculous. Figure out what it is. And then put that on hold for a little bit as we move into the next step. The next step is finding and reclaiming the true essence of who you are so you can find congruence and balance between your personal and your professional lives so you can feel comfortable, confident, and purpose-driven in all that you do. Okay, so you've got your little level of satisfaction. You know what's getting in the way. And now let's take a little bit of a deeper dive. What are your labels, roles, and scripts? A label can be something that you've labeled yourself, or it can be something that somebody else has called you, the fat one, the funny one, whatever it is. What is your label? What are your labels? How do you label yourself? For a long time, I've said to myself, I'm not disorganized, or I'm, I, I'm not organized. I'm totally just, I can't pull this together. I don't do finances. I don't want to do this. Those are ways that I'm labeling myself. Your parents have probably labeled you. You'll never amount to anything. Or you're the one that we have all of our hopes pinned on. What are your roles? Are you a caregiver? Are you the one who overfunctions? Are you the one who underfunctions? Are you the sick one? What is your role in your family, at work, in life? What are your roles? And then scripts are kind of the things that we play out. What scripts are you playing out right now? Are you playing out the script of the abused wife? Are you playing out the script of the put-upon coworker? Are you playing out the script of the victimized, whatever? What is the script you are playing out? Now, I've listed some negative scripts because the negative scripts are the ones that cause the problems. But think about this. You can also be playing out the script of the overnight success of the seven-figure entrepreneur. What is your script that you are playing out? It helps to identify what that script is. Just like earlier when we identified what is your current level of satisfaction and what is getting in the way. We're just making ourselves clear because usually life is busy and we just get rolling and we don't pause to see what's really going on. And again, the handout will help. Laura, L-O-R-A, Cheadle, C-H-E-A-D-L-E dot com. Sign up for the newsletter. This will come in the newsletter. 
And then you'll have a great place to write it. And as we get further into the show, you will see why writing is so important. Even though I explained it a little, I'll explain it in depth later. The next thing I want you to write down is your shoulds. What are all of the things that you should do? I should get my taxes done. I should go pick up dog poop in the backyard. I should get through a couple of loads of laundry. I should call my kids and find out how their weekend was. I should work out. I should make a healthy dinner tonight. I should return some emails. I should. What are all of the things that you should do? Start making a list of those, or if you're driving or running or whatever, just start making that mental list and write it down later once you download these um, sheets. Whenever you have things that you should do, they are either, they're always something that you should do. We should always do something. But I want you to think about your shoulds in terms of coulds. When you think about your shoulds in terms of coulds, it changes the energy around them. You always have a choice. Unless somebody truly has a gun to your head, you always have a choice. We like to think that we don't. But even the big things, like I mentioned taxes, I should be getting my taxes done. And I should. And you might be thinking, Laura, I have to get my taxes done. Yes. We have to pay taxes. We have until April 15th to file. We do have to do that. But the point is, we don't really have to. We could choose not to, and we could choose to pay that penalty. We could choose to be late. We could choose to accept that penalty. We could choose to go to jail. We could choose to drive drunk. We could choose to kill someone, to hurt someone, to rape and maim and all those things. The point is we can choose it. It's if we want those consequences or not. We are never bound to do something. We always can do anything. It's just a matter of is that the consequence we want? So think about your shoulds in terms of coulds. I could work out today and I could not. What are the consequences that come from that? I could work out and I could feel really proud of myself for doing it and it could make me happy. Versus I could not work out, I could say no, and then I might be disappointed and irritated and mad at myself in the afternoon. And then I could feel blah and worn down and I could not be burning as many calories and I could not be building enough strength. And you see where that whole like line of thinking goes. What are the consequences of each decision? When you take it out of should, because that is like somebody external putting it on you and bring it into the coulds, it opens up that realm of possibilities. You could walk away from your job today. You might not be able to pay your mortgage. You might not be able to get another job, but you still could do it. You're not trapped. People always talk about the golden handcuffs. Yes and no. You're the only one handcuffing yourself there because it's the coulds, and you are logically seeing the consequences, and you're seeing the dominoes fall based on what you could do. 
So shift your thinking around the shoulds to the coulds. Open yourself up and see where you're limiting yourself and where you are truly looking at the consequences and making an informed decision. Now, the second part of the shoulds, I want you to kind of analyze. Are you putting off your joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment until after those shoulds are done? Are you thinking things like, I should do the laundry and I should clean the kitchen and then I'll play with my kids. I should do this. I should do that. I should lose 10 pounds. I should get in shape and then I will go enjoy the beach. Sometimes those shoulds that we build up on our, in our mind really have to do with our self-worth, our sense of value. And it's our belief that we don't deserve to have fun that we don't deserve to play, that we don't deserve it. We're not worthy until we do these things that we should. So I can't go to the beach if I'm 10 pounds heavy, so I should do this and I should do this because I'm not worthy enough to enjoy the sun and the sand and the surf in this physical state. Those are sometimes more difficult to admit because we all want to say, of course I'm worthy. Of course I'm fine. It's just that I really enjoy having a clean house. And I really don't like bringing people to my house when my house is messy. Yes and no. It's a worth thing. You are worth company whether or not your house is cleaned. Okay. Moving on. And again, we're going to tie all of these things together at the end of the show. Questions to ponder. When you were a kid, you were probably asked what you wanted to do. Do you want to be a vet? Do you want to be an accountant? Do you want to be a mommy? What do you want to do? But how often were you asked, who do you want to become? How do you want to feel every day? What level of joy do you want to attain in life? Those aren't questions we ask kids, and those are probably not questions that people asked us. So today, right here, right now, what kind of a person do you want to be? Do you want to be a lover, a nurturer, a leader, an instigator, a rebel? What kind of a person do you want to be? And part and parcel with that is how do you want to feel every day? Enlivened because you're this rebel who's out changing the world. Do you want to feel rewarded because you're doing some deep work? Do you want to feel wanted? Do you want to feel gratitude? Do you want to feel joy? Do you want to feel peace? What are the things that you want to feel every single day? Second question to ponder, and again, these are all on the worksheet, lauracheadle.com. Sign up, I'll send them to you. Second question is, what is the legacy that you want to leave? We're all concerned (laughs) in this culture, in this world, about dying. We all fear death. Humans fear death. We just do. But it's so ironic because... We rarely 
give ourselves the opportunity to live fully. We get so bogged down by our shoulds, by our labels, by our roles, by our scripts, and we never move into that legacy piece. We don't want to talk about the end because we're afraid of it. But unless we talk about the end, there's nothing that's going to motivate us to live while we're here. So what kind of a person do you want to be? How do you want to feel? And what is the legacy that you want to leave? Because we are all going to die and we're all going to leave a legacy. I just read um, oh, Sacred Success, the intro to that. And in that book, Barbara Stanley, the author, has a moment where her daughter, she's tucking her daughter in bed at, her, at night, and her daughter says something to her um, along the lines of, I'm probably misquoting it a little bit, but what good is it to have a mother if your mother is always out with clients? And she described it as like ice picks to her heart. And that was the moment that in her mind, she saw this is the legacy that I'm leaving. The legacy that I'm leaving is not the legacy that I want. Now, had her legacy been to be primary with her clients, to create the change through her career, then she might have said, yes, it's not about this. It's about that. And I'm living my legacy. But for her, part of her legacy was being a nurturing, connected mother. And it made her realize, okay, things have to shift. So instead of waiting for that moment where somebody does die or where somebody does say the hard things to you or you have a financial disaster or a health crisis, ask yourself right now, what is the legacy I want to leave? Next question is, how do you want to show up every single day in life? And that's kind of like, how do you want to feel every day in life? Knowing that the quality of every day determines the quality of your life. Okay, look at your life in a chunk. Your life is broken down into years. Years are broken down into months. Months are broken down into days. Days are broken down into hours, hours into minutes. You get it. So what you're living day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour creates the quality of your month. And your month creates the quality of the year. And the year creates the quality of your life. Now, if you're anything like me, there's some really good years and there's some really bad years and there's some really good months and there's some really bad months. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, my 14-year-old dog with cancer is about to die and it's hard and this is a bad week and it's been a difficult year with her. And of course, I'm experiencing emotion around that, but I'm also trying to be mindful around the other areas of my life and to create every single day what it is that I want my life to be. Yes, I had a bad fight with my husband on Friday. Yes, a week or so ago, I got really frustrated with a contractor. Yes, these things happen. And so what? That fight can be 30 minutes. Then it's over. Then I choose, because I don't want to spend the whole weekend mad and frustrated and in resentment or fury or whatever it is, I let that go. Not to let my husband off the hook, not to give in and diminish that, but because I want my weekend to be good. 
Yes, my dog is in a bad place. Yes, when I deal with her, I'm sad. Yes, when I think about it, I'm sad. And I did yoga today and found total bliss in my yoga. And I am teaching a workshop tonight and I will be very present and I will love the connection. So it's an and, it's finding those ands, it's finding those moments of, yes, this happens, but do I choose to carry it with me or do I choose to let it go and move into who I want to be? Because the quality of our minutes, hours, days, weeks, months determine the quality of our life. So at the end of the day, at the end of our life, we can look back and we can see some of the highs and we can see some of the lows, but it is up to us to keep it steady, to keep it where we want to be. Next question is, how do you stay true to yourself, your values, and your responsibilities and still live the kind of life you want to live? Like I have mentioned with my dog, it's a responsibility. I'm also a mom. I'm also a wife. I'm also a daughter. I'm also a friend. I have a lot of responsibilities to a lot of people and... I am still me, and sometimes I suppress myself and overgive because of my love for other people, because their needs outweigh mine, but it's all that balance, and it's being aware. I can overgive here. I can sleep on the couch or on the floor with the dog for this last week because that's needed in this week, but I'm still true to myself. Now, I had mentioned I don't do well being tired, feeling good in my body. So this is kind of, again, that balancing, no, I'm not sleeping as well at night. She's up all night. But it's that balancing of knowing how to stay true to myself. I feel good nurturing her. I feel good knowing that this is a short-term thing. And I can balance the responsibility of taking care of her and taking care of me and still find joy in my life. I'm still working out. I'm still connecting with friends. I'm still teaching my classes. I'm still doing all of that. So it's that conscious awareness. And when we lose consciousness and slip into too much, that's where we start getting bitter and resentful. So, An exercise that I'm going to walk you through right now, taking everything into consideration that we've talked about, is I want you to pretend you're introducing yourself to somebody that you've never met without using your job, your title, without mentioning your degrees or your religion or your political affiliation or your level of education or your roles or your relationships to others. If you want to walk up to somebody at a networking event and be like, hi, I'm Laura. Think about all the things that we normally say. I'm so-and-so's mom. I'm so-and-so's wife. I work for, I'm a lawyer. I, we talk about all of those extraneous things. But we don't talk about our essence, who we are inside. So I'm going to be a little quiet (laughs) so you can think. And I'm going to think as well. And then I'm just going to kind of share my little introduction with you. And I want you, when you get these sheets, to practice this and to write it down. And then to practice sharing that with someone you love, with someone you're close to, and kind of make it a game. And what I find when I practice this 
is that it changes day in and day out because I am a slightly different person every day. My essence is sparkly. I am Laura. I am incredibly energetic and passionate. I love connection. And I'm curious. I'm a really curious person. And I love to love. And I love to learn. I am concerned about humanity and people and the earth. I am a seeker. I am a finder. I am a sharer. And that's who I am in all roles that I play, in all scripts that I live out. All of my shoulds, should, (laughs) could, embody all of who I am. And when we find our essence, when we know who we are, when we know all of the things that we should do are really coulds, when we know how we want to feel, then we can turn back to these questions, the level of satisfaction at home, at work, and in your body. We can see those things that are, quote, in our way, and maybe we can view them kind of different. Are they really in our way? Or are we just not choosing to move around them? Is your bad job really in the way or are you just choosing to stay there because it's easier right now? Same thing with your bad relationships. Same thing. Whether it's a marriage, a partnership, familial, are you just choosing to stay in that bad relationship because it's really easier to stay there and to complain about it than it is to actually make a change, to find a new place to live, to get separate credit cards, to go through a divorce process. You could never speak to your parents or whoever it is again. You could. You are probably staying in that cycle of dissatisfaction because it's easier to stay there than it is to make the change. And sometimes that's all it takes is that acknowledgement of, oh, wow, I could do this, but I am choosing not to, to up that level of satisfaction because then you go, hey, this is so much easier than a divorce, and I'm really grateful for that. Or on the flip side, you might realize, holy cow, That isn't going to be bad, and in the long run, even though it'll be painful in the short run, now is the time to go ahead and make that change, because it is in my way, and the quality of my days determines the quality of my life, and that is not the way I want to end my life, and that is not the legacy I want, so it's time to make a change. So, it should enlighten you, but it should also empower you. All right, next step. Develop clear boundaries and an integrated self-care mindset in order to feel happy, healthy, free from burnout. In other words, how to stop living for the weekend or for vacation and to start living every day because the quality of your days determine the quality of your life. 
Here are my five steps. And you already know about FLAUNT if you've listened to my show. FLAUNT is an acronym and it stands for Find Your Fetish, Laugh Out Loud, Accept Unconditionally, Navigate the Negative, and Trust in Your Truth. Now, you've probably heard about fight, flight, or freeze. Well, what I'm doing with FLAUNT is I'm giving you a fourth option. So it's you can either fight, you can flight, you can freeze, or you can flaunt. Let me explain how that works. Whenever something in our life comes up that antagonizes us, that causes us stress or discomfort, whether it is at work, at home, with relationships, or with our own body, we pump out cortisol, we pump out adrenaline because our body's like, ah, threat, I have to deal with it. So we can fight, ah, so the adrenaline is there to make us stronger, faster, hit harder, all that stuff. Flight, the adrenaline, the cortisol is there so we can see better, we can run faster. Freeze, whoo, that adrenaline, again, the adrenaline or the cortisol gives us that power to absolutely freeze. But when those three things happen, the adrenals are kicking in, the cortisol is pumping, our body is not comfortable. And remember those three pillars? We need to have a comfortable body. When, those, when the adrenals are pumping, the cortisol is pumping, we need to get it through our system. We need to move. When we have a huge adrenaline rush and then don't burn it out of our systems, it's bad for our bodies physically. A lot of the blood sugar issues are caused by too much cortisol, too much stress, and not burning it out of the bodies. So physical stuff, running, walking, breathing, moving our arms, whatever it is we need to move physically. Part of that moving physically is this flaunt. When things happen, and they do, and they will every single day, we can't always fight. We can't always run. We can't always freeze. We have to deal with it. We're at work, and the poop is hitting the fan, and we've got to deal with it. So how do we deal with it healthily? Well, through flaunt. Finding your fetish. Every single day, if you have something that you look forward to every single day, no matter what happens... You have that North Star. You have that point of light. You have that happy moment that you can look forward to or you can reflect back upon. Working out and dancing is happy for me. If I work out in the morning and something really bad happens in the day, I can reflect back and be like, you know what? This is awful, but I started my day and I was dancing to prince and I was having so much fun and I can look back on it and it can allow those feel-good hormones to start flooding my body and it can calm me down out of that fight, flight, or freeze. Or if I've got a planned later in this afternoon that, hey, later this afternoon, I'm going to crank up the radio and I'm going to dance for 10 minutes when I get home. This is going to get burned out of me. It's fine. I can deal with it. Four hours to go, three hours to go, two hours to go. That is my fetish. Moving is my fetish and it's fun. What is your fetish? It could be playing with animals. It could be taking a walk. It could be gardening. It doesn't matter what it is. If you have it routinely scheduled into your day every single day, no matter what happens, you can turn your mind towards that fun thing and 
tone down that adrenaline, tone down that cortisol because you're looking forward to it, which creates feelings of well-being and satisfaction. And then when you're doing it, you can slip into it and the rest of the bad stuff kind of goes away. So quality of the day is automatically good every single day when you put in something that you love. L is the laugh out loud. Creating spontaneous points of laughter, looking at funny YouTube videos, looking at cats, doing whatever it is, put laughter into your day every single day. It could just be like one of the iFunny, one of the memes or something. Don't let yourself go down the rabbit hole, but laugh every day. And if you haven't laughed, create those moments where you can. Accepting unconditionally, and we've talked about this before, when we fight things, we're really fighting ourselves. We can't control other people. We know that. We can't change other people. We know that. We can only change our response to people. We can only create change within ourselves. So I can accept unconditionally that I have a bad work situation, that I have a soul-sucking job. I can accept unconditionally that, and I'm making this up, you know, my spouse is an alcoholic, drug addict, abuser, whatever horrible thing that it is, or that my parents are dysfunctional, or whatever it is. When I accept it unconditionally, it's like the shoulds. Then you move out of Oh, I wish they would change and it might get better and we're going to do therapy. And you can start making real choices. They are who they are. I don't think they're going to change for me. Perhaps if they do down the line, I can address it later. But right now, where I stand, I have to accept unconditionally. This is where I'm at. This is where they're at. And what am I going to do about it? Again, it brings down the stress. Navigate the negative. We, as overachievers, as successful people, love to complete tasks. We love to finish the book. We love to finish the project. We love to tie it up in a little package and put a bow on it and be like, ta-da, done. But that is a mindset. So many things in life don't get done. It's about navigating the negative, navigating the incompleteness of life, navigating the fact that you might have had a fight and you might not agree and you haven't even maybe come around to agreeing to disagree, you're both in turmoil. And accept unconditionally that you're there and navigate the negative. We're all in turmoil. Things are falling apart. Like I mentioned, I had a fight with my husband. My dog is dying. There's a lot of really negative things to navigate. That doesn't mean that every moment of every day needs to be miserable. How do I navigate around those difficult things and still find those moments of peace? Then that last step is trusting in your truth. And this goes back to that exercise that we just did about introducing yourself without your titles and relationships. Who are you? Like I said, I am a sparkly, really energetic person. If I trust in the fact that I have a sunny personality and I can trust in the fact that I'm bouncy and energetic and I like to connect with people, when I move into my essence, I'm naturally happier and that whole list of things that are getting in my way of my satisfaction suddenly don't seem so relevant anymore. The bad boss... The bad boss can't take away the fact that I'm an energetic person and that I care about the world and I love to connect. 
the bad time with a relationship, the fight, the disagreement, whatever, that can't get in the way of the fact that I love to be curious and to learn. None of those things matter. They don't chip away at who I am. So how does that boost your level of satisfaction? How does going through those five steps of flaunt increase your satisfaction level? When you see that you're in control of doing your, finding your fetish every day, finding those points of laughter, you can accept or you can make yourself crazy, but it's a choice. It's a could, not a should. Navigating the negative, moving around it to find the quality of every day and trusting in that truth of who you are because nobody can take that away from you. Even if somebody does something really horrific to you, Kobe Bryant was just killed yesterday in a helicopter crash. His wife has lost her daughter and her husband and presumably people that are also close to her. Of course, she is grieving. Of course, it is a bad day. Of course, this is going to be a bad year. But what did that do to her as her essence? Nothing. Think about that. Nothing. Yes, she can grieve. Yes, she can process. Yes, it's going to be amazingly difficult and incredibly life-altering journey. But she, at her core, is still who she is. It's a lot to get your head around. I know that. It's a lot for me to get my head around. And yes, there are events sometimes that do completely change a person's psyche. But for the most part, as we're talking about career satisfaction, relationship satisfaction, body satisfaction. If I gain 10 pounds, if I gain 20 pounds, it doesn't change who I am inside. And on the flip side, if I lose these 10, 15 pounds that have accumulated over the last year or two, it doesn't make me a better person. It doesn't make those internal qualities any better or any worse. They are who they are. That is my truth. Now, right now, wherever you're at, I want you to get out of your head. We've talked a lot about mindset stuff here. We've been thinking. We've been processing. We're in our head. We're thinking about it. I want to get out of your head, and I want you to embody your body. Just scan, that's me breathing, scan your body, circle your shoulders, shake your hands, wiggle your toes, circle your ankles, arch your back, around your back, whatever it is, feel your body. How does your body feel? Where are you holding? Do you feel hungry? Do you feel cold? Do you feel hot? Just notice. It's just about noticing. We have all of these sense organs that provide feedback for our body. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you taste? What do you smell? Moving your hands, your body, what can you feel and touch? Can you touch your hair? Can you touch your skin? Scanning through the body and just noticing. No matter what is going on in your head, whether it's a positive head game or a negative head game, 
you can get into your body and make some changes and adjustments in your body because remember those three pillars, meaningful work, satisfying relationships, and being comfortable in your body. To be comfortable in your body, you have to feel your body. So just notice it. People talk so much about self-care, and I actually hate the discussion around self-care because it kind of implies that we can abuse our bodies and then go have a spa weekend once a month, and it's all better. And that's not the case. You need to feel your body every day. Scan through those five senses. Scan your body. Feel your body every day. Ask yourself those questions. We did some of the mental questions to change the way we feel in our mind. Ask these questions to change the way you feel in your body. Are you thirsty? Are you tired? What can you do to make your body feel better? Now, connecting the way you feel in your body with the way you feel in your mind, kind of that mindset. This is kind of a deep show, by the way. (laughs) Let's talk about reclaiming your sense of worth and validating you for who you are. So you can kind of break free from constantly seeking to please or conform or to outperform others. And you can cultivate that sense of internal lasting peace because again peace comes from meaningful work satisfying relationships and feeling good in your body i want to talk for a moment about objectification objectification is the act of treating someone as an object or a thing it's kind of it's dehumanizing it's truly dehumanizing which is disavowing the humanity of others A person is objectified if they're reduced to being a body, a machine, an appearance, a tool. If they're seen as interchangeable with anyone, they're not given that autonomy or voice. They're denied their subjectivity. They're treated like they can be owned. We kind of know what objectification is. And there's some obvious ways that we objectify people or we objectify ourselves. We hear it a lot when you talk about um, objectifying women. When body parts are shown in ads instead of the whole woman. But some of the ways that we do it to ourselves, I want you to think about that. Not wearing what you want to wear is objectifying yourself because it's telling you, I am my parts. I am not me. And I'm not going to wear this because it shows my fat stomach. So I am my fat stomach. I am not me. Not doing what you want to do. I really want to go out dancing. I really want to start a yoga class, but I'm not flexible and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm too old and I'm too wrinkly and I'm too, too, too. That's objectifying yourself. It's making you your age. It's making you your ability. Limiting yourself of your own enjoyment of yourself or of your life. That is an objectification of yourself. Because you're saying, going back to that very beginning list, this person is standing in the way of my happiness at work. This commute is standing in the way of my happiness at work. This relationship is standing in my way of my happiness. This person's drinking or smoking or drug use or religious beliefs is getting in the way of my happiness. We're turning that power over and we're objectifying ourselves in the process because we're limiting ourself and our enjoyment. So when I look at you 
and I say, your religious beliefs are ticking me off and I can't connect to you because of your religious beliefs. And if it wasn't for your religious beliefs, we would have fun. I'm objectifying myself because I am focusing on that part of my brain that disagrees with that part of your brain in one little area and I'm limiting myself. Now, some not so obvious ways that we objectify ourselves is being a workaholic. When we work too much, we believe our value, again, going back to those shoulds, is dependent on our paycheck, the hours we bill, whatever it is. Being codependent. This is a huge one because a lot of us get joy out of nurturing and helping. But when we identify as somebody else's support mechanism, it's truly about our ego. When we say, I saved him, they couldn't have done it without me. That is objectifying ourselves because we are identifying ourselves as a self-esteem prop for another person. We're not showing ourselves as a whole person with value. We're objectifying ourselves. Basing our identity on an area of expertise, defining ourselves by what we're good at. I'm an amazing cook. I'm a whatever, I'm a whatever. Well, what happens when you lose that ability? What happens when you get in that horrific car accident and can no longer do it? What happens when you are old and you lose your mental capabilities and you can no longer do it? You are still a worthy person just because you can't do that thing. Similar to that is staking your value on your physical or mental skills. It's so amazing to get smarter, to get in better shape, to learn new skills. But you will not always be able to keep that level of health, fitness, agility, whatever it is, and you are still a worthy person. A person with dementia who used to be brilliant at something but can no longer do it still has the same amount of worth. That internal essence of who they are inside is still there. Before they could do something and now they can't. And it's objectifying yourself when you think, I'm in worse shape, I'm worth less. I don't have a relationship, I'm worth less. I didn't bill as many hours today, I'm worth less. And tying this right back to that level of satisfaction, go back, flip back to page one if you've already downloaded, what is your current level of satisfaction at home, at work, and in your body? Those things that are standing in your way is an objectification of yourself. Do you somehow have that little ego trip going that I will be better in my body when I can run a marathon? Are you objectifying yourself? Are you saying, I will be better when I am a support person to somebody? I will be a better person when. It's in your ego. Drop out of that and see how that feels. Very last point on this. One of my favorite quotes, I've said it before in the show, um, cartoonist Bob Thave said this about Fred Astaire. Sure, he was great, but don't forget that Ginger Rogers did everything he did backwards and in high heels. What I want to leave you with today is where are you dancing backwards and in high heels? Where are you conforming to what you think you should do? 
Of course you can. We can dance backwards and heels and we can get really good at it. But why do we need to? Can you turn around? Where can you step into the power? Looking back again at the levels of satisfaction. At work, at home, and in your body. Where can you turn around and start taking and creating and overcoming and navigating around those things that are getting in your way? Some questions to challenge you, assumptions and beliefs. Where are you locked into beliefs that aren't true? How might you be trapping yourself with the bonds of that's just the way it is and giving your power away? Let's talk about work. There's no opportunities for advancement here. Is that true? Is that true? Or is that something that you're locked into? I'm getting the short end of the stick. I'm not appreciated. Is that true? I'm the only one who can take care of the kids adequately. So-and-so is always late and I'm always stuck waiting and I'm missing out on things that I want to do. Is that a belief? Is that true? You're the only one that can take care of your kids this one way, but is your way necessarily right? Are you just trapping yourself into that? So many of us do it. We want it done our way, so we trap ourselves into it. I work with so many people around cleaning on this. They want the house cleaned a certain way. They're the only ones that does it that way. They think they're trapped into doing it because their spouse doesn't do it. Their spouse doesn't do it to their level. It's their choice whether to do it and to satisfy themselves or to turn it over to their spouse. So I want you to challenge yourself by going back to those questions and asking yourself, is that really true? What is getting in the way of the work? Your commute. Is that really true? Yeah, it's a crappy commute. It is getting in the way of my enjoyment. Okay, so are there things you can navigate around it? Can you take light rail? Can you work from home? Can you? Maybe the answer is no, and you are truly trapped. Can you accept unconditionally and know that's a part of a but everything else is really good so that hour that I spend on the road, how can I make that better? Because you're navigating around it. If that truly is your only choice, then what? We are at time. And I hope your head is a little bit spinning right now because this was kind of deep. Remember to go to lauracheadle.com, L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E, sign up for the newsletter. I will send you these handouts. I said we were going to talk about more into hypnosis and how writing gets into the subconscious portion of the brain, and we just ran out of time. (laughs) So we will do that next time, or we can have some of that information in the newsletter. So sign up. Have an amazing week. I really hope a lot has shifted for you and that a lot will shift this coming week. Have an incredible week. Find that satisfaction. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. 
Tune in next time to flaunt, build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Come release self-judgment, reveal your naked self-worth, and re-choreograph a life filled with joy. Flaunt, find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. Thank you.